You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Testing, testing, one, two, three, four, five, one. Hello, why is the microphone not really increasing in volume? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Locked On Indians. This is your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. Got the new mic today, so uh, please uh, tell me if it's too loud, too soft, whatever. I'm experimenting with this one to see how it works best. Um, and I want to thank all of you out there because it's through pretty much two months of uh, ad revenue that I was able to upgrade. I figured I would reinvest in the podcast, so thank you to everyone out there listening. And hopefully this better sound quality is uh, a benefit for everyone out there. There's a few things I wanted to possibly look at. I debated if I wanted to go into my top 11 prospects, but I think I'm going to wait on that one until tomorrow. Uh, Give it another full day to kind of get out there and give people a chance to look at it before I explain my Indians top 11 and then the next players to follow. And and I thought I'd spend a little bit more time on free agency. Um, We have some interesting data as Fangraphs released their top 50, MLB uh, Trade Rumors produced their top 50, and they each guessed the amount these guys would sign for they each have their own rankings. It's kind of interesting just to see the, the distinct difference in the rankings. So there were some names that kind of stood out. I thought I would talk about some of the guys, some of the Asian prospects. Um, and I don't mean that culturally. I mean from Asia, as some of these are white dudes who are coming back after pitching in Korea or Japan. Because uh, those guys can slide a little bit under the radar. Uh, so just wanted to, you know, look at some guys who, you know, could help the Indians in a variety of ways. So... I think we'll save the Asian players for the second half. It's always interesting to look at those stats. I have some very strong opinions on what you need to look at specifically when it comes to uh, Asian statistics uh, for the Korean Baseball League or for the Japanese, um, uh, for the JPL. So before we get into that, there was a player who was let go tomorrow that I, tomorrow, wow, I'm not psychic. There was a player who was let go yesterday that uh, I think we have to talk about. And the reason we have to talk about him is he was one of those guys who, at the start of the year, um, really made a lot of Indians fans mad. And, I mean, I thought the Indians should have claimed him as well, and that is Derek Dietrich, who was formerly of the Cincinnati Reds. And he was let go um, after a pretty horrific second half for the Reds. For those who are not super familiar with with Derek Dietrich, he went to St. Ignatius, so he is an Ohio kid, born in Cleveland, Ohio. Um, we have not had a Cleveland, Ohio player. We haven't had Northeastern Ohio player uh, on the Indians in a very, very long time. And Derek Dietrich, uh, a year ago, was let go by the Marlins and was a bit surprised when no one claimed him. Now, when he was let go again by the Cincinnati Reds, no one claimed him. This year for the Reds, he made the league minimum. The Indi- the Reds let him go because they would have had to pay the high cost of uh, his salary arbitration as he is hitting those years where he's going to make, you know, millions of dollars in the first half the first 81 games Dietrich hit 221 but he did have 18 home runs in uh, 81 games 53 started 349 on base uh, 893 OPS he was absolutely fantastic just couldn't get himself healthy in the second half only played in 32 games Uh, 436 OPS 179 slugging 257 on base and an 071 uh, batting average that was with 70 plate appearances so they chose to let Dietrich go. He, again, as a player who's arbitration eligible, uh, this would be his final year of arbitration, as a matter of fact. 
his salary would have gone up significantly from the $2 million after the strong first half, which nearly made him an all-star. So, and the other thing we have to talk about is positional value with Dietrich, which is the fact that you looked for Cincinnati last year. He played second, first, left, third for one game, and DH. And that one game was all of one inning. Mostly played second or first for them. And a little bit in left. He's pretty um, not good at any of those positions. That's the other issue with Derek Dietrich. But he's a local kid, which is always a good story. He did have some really good production. The thought is maybe you're buying low because he got hurt and then can perform. Uh, the Indians need flexibility. They need uh, depth. And the nice thing about if you chase someone like Derek Dietrich, if you're the Indians, is he can start the year. And if he is not able to perform, he's just got to hold it down for a bit. Um, you can have Dietrich, Arroyo, and Yu Chen Chang all competing for that starting spot. Throw Mike Freeman in if you want. Though I think carrying all four of them under 40 man is asking for trouble. But you have all four compete. The best ones break camp. And then eventually if no one steps up and takes over the position, you have Nolan Jones by June or July should be ready to go to help this team. So he's, he's one of those nice lower-end um, fillers. Uh, there's going to be no loss of anything, and he's not going to cost a lot. And for a team like the Indians, where most of the press is negative press, um, I think there is value in doing something positive, doing something that is going to get fans excited and on board, and doing the local kid at a cheap price who is, without a doubt, a major league player is an easy way to help win a little bit of that publicity or take advantage of how bad the uh, the Browns are right now and win in the city's news. Do something that makes it the positive spin while the Browns are currently spinning their wheels. Uh, I th- I, and again, this isn't just someone you sign because he's a local kid. That's a bonus. You sign him because he can play a few positions and there's value with him as a backup. So count me in with Dietrich. I thought, you know, uh, one of the guys I've talked about throughout all of this process is Mike Moustakis. And it's interesting that Mike Moustakis over on Fangraphs, they have him ranked the 14th best free agent. And over in uh, the MLB trade rumors, they have him 18th best. Now they have him going to the Braves on the trade rumors for two years, 20 million, which makes sense with the Braves losing Donaldson. And over here, uh, Kylie picked two years, 16 million. And the average crowd source was 2.5 years, 12 million. So it's interesting that he was ranked higher on fan graphs, but projected to get more money on MLB trade rumors. We have seen kind of these projections be too high over the recent years, but I mean, free agency in general, we've just seen everyone's value kind of crater. I'm a big fan of Moose. He's been extremely productive these last few years. Uh, great hitter. And I've had people go, well, if you sign Moustakis, where do you play Nolan Jones? It's a nice problem to worry about. And there's nothing that says that Nolan Jones can't spend some time at DH in the future if you have Moustakis. Or let's say that uh, Moustakis ends up, he is going to be 31 years of age. I mean, remember, Carlos Santana uh, is going to be 34 this year, 35 next year. And if he really struggles next year, there's no guarantee the Indians would pick up his $17.5 million team option. That's, that's a pretty high cost. I mean, there's even a chance they don't pick it up even if he does play well um, just because of his age and uh, the position he plays. So if you sign a Moustakis at two years, 16, and you're paying him 8 million a year, if Nolan Jones is ready, uh, Moustakis can shift to first. Santana could shift to DH. Let's be honest. 
the team has a lot of flexibility. Um, Franmo Reyes may not be great in the outfield, but he's going to be passable there, especially uh, compared to some of the guys they put out there uh, last year. So there's a lot of ways to make this work and still have the young player play. So uh, Moustakis is certainly one of those guys, top of my list, players that I am really hoping the Indians uh, can chase this offseason. Speaking speaking of things you don't have to to chase, we have our great deal with our great friends, BlueChew.com. There is no chase. There is no runaround. There is a lengthy survey, but that is just to make sure that you are healthy enough to use this fantastic pill. Why is it fantastic? It's the thing I talk about every time. You're probably saying the words with me. It's chewable. It's in the name. Chewable medicine hits your bloodstream quicker, allows you to have your fun quicker. If you're going to use male enhancement, you don't want to wait, right? So this is the pill that is safe and you don't have to wait on. And again, they take the time, they do the due diligence, and that's how you know this is a safe product. And we have, of course, the fantastic deal where you're going to go to bluechew.com, use the promo code MLB. That lets them know that you're supporting us over here on the baseball side of things. You're going to spend five bucks, which again, helps us out. And you can do a free trial. So you're, they trust their product so much they're giving it away for free. I think that is the best thing you can say about any company that they think once you try it, you'll have to come back. Remember, that's bluechew.com using the promo code MLB. Let's talk more free agents. Uh, the Indians, by my calculation, using Sports Track, an absolutely fantastic site, their salary uh, last year to this year is down about $30 million. Some of the things that stand out of why it's down so much is. Yes, Carlos Santana is scheduled to make $20 million, but when you go to baseball reference, that isn't quite correct because that is like the average, but the, so this is a yearly average. It spikes this year, but a lot of his was actually in a signing bonus. Plus, remember the Indians get another, I believe it's either three or $4 million in the from the Mariners this year from the deal they made last year. Uh, some of the guys coming off the books, like uh, Salazar was at $5 million. I'm trying to think. Uh, Jason Kipnis's contract was a significant one to come off the books as well. So the Indians, according to Sports Track, and now it's never an exact science, should be down about $30 million. Now, if you believe what they said a year ago, they were down about $20 million a year ago, 25 to 30 as well, uh, that that was kind of the point they had to get down to, that their salary was going to stay constant. Now we see if they're true to their word. If their salary is going to go up, they should have some money to spend. Uh, also the Trevor Bauer deal. That's the other big piece of money that I was leaving out of that. And yes, some guys are getting raises, but not a lot. Um, Lindor gets a big bump. Clevenger's going to get a big bump, but that's about it. They have a lot of really young guys on this roster who aren't hitting those arbitration levels yet. So with this money saved, that is where they could chase a Mike Moustakis. That is why, um, if you are a very negative Indians fan, you should still think that they could spend. This could be the year where they make an impact. And again, Mike Moustakis, for what he does at $8 million a year, even at $10 million a year, sign me up. But there are some other guys I did want to talk about. And as I teased earlier in the show, I want to talk about some of these uh, free agents from from the, uh, from the Korea and Japan. That's you know I've been saying Asia, but it's pretty much Korea, Japan. That's where these guys come from. And it's because there's always a chance these guys aren't as proven. They're a gamble, but you can get um, great payoff with them or you can fail miserably. But let's talk about the youngest guy of this group, and that's Yoshimoto Tetsugo. Tetsu- I believe I got that right. Let's start with the negative. Well, let's start with the ranks. He's ranked 42nd by Fangraphs. He is not ranked by uh, MLB Trade Rumors. Uh, Fangraphs thinks he'll get about $8 million on average, while their crowdsource site thinks he'll get about ten and a half million on average so you're looking at eight to ten million for a guy who's 28 years old 
Uh, not much of a defender. He's a left fielder slash DH. Probably a little bit too much in the Fran Mill mold for the Indians. But the nice thing with him is the fact that, uh, again, he's he's prime years right now. You're getting a guy who's significantly younger than, than the type of guy we typically see. He has played for Yokohama over in Japan. Uh, his home run totals last few years, 44, 28, 38, 29. My one concern with him is the strikeout rate. And, you know, his total strikeouts. Let's just look at net strikeouts. Uh, 105, 115, 107, 141. High strikeout rate is typically um, a sign of concern for me. Uh, that's what stood out with uh, Young Hong Ho Park. When people were really high on him coming out of Korea after he put up sick totals, I was like, uh, strikeout rate. Because the thing we have seen is strikeout rates are, are you know, if, if you are a guy who walks a lot, you're going to walk a lot in Korea, Japan, and the United States. That's not going to change. Um, if you're someone who has good on-base skills, those stay. But strikeout rates tend to drastically fluctuate. So if you're a pitcher your strikeout rate's going to drop significantly. If you're a hitter, your strikeout rate is likely going to jump significantly. Um, that is one of those statistical areas. Uh, he's been called at points the Japanese uh, Kyle Schwarber. I don't see that at all, um, outside of the fact that they're both uh, left fielders who aren't going to be all that great there and are a little thicker. Personally, my view is he is a skip for me just because of the strikeout rate. The youth is a great thing, but he does walk a lot. But I think the cost is going to be higher, and I don't think he's a perfect fit with the Indians. Um, I mean, you, you look at him, but if you could get him at uh, six, seven million, that's kind of where I go, just because the gamble is so much higher. Let's talk about uh, a former uh, Purdue pitcher, Josh Lindblom. He was a second round pick of the Dodgers and went up to, made it to the majors, kind of bounced around. He just finished his age 32 season. He's going to be 33 next June. And he was a, a really good pitcher the last two years in the Korean Baseball League. But he wasn't dominant. Uh, he got by with control. His walk rate was 2 and 1.3. His home run rate was under 1. And his hit rates were under 8. But his strikeout rate was 8.4 and 8.7. Now the talk with him is he could be a back-end arm, maybe a swing arm. And that seems fair uh, as an assessment. In terms of his rank... He is ranked 42nd by MLB Trade Rumors, ranked 36 by Fangraphs. Uh, the crowdsource thinks he'll get about two years at 5.3. Kylie said two years at 8. And two years at 8 is also what MLB Trade Rumors says, which makes you wonder if someone in the know. Though that's just kind of an easy thing to guess. Um, I, I mean, I'm okay with taking a gamble here just because I think he's fairly safe. But I don't think he's going to hold up as a starter. I think he's a pen arm all the way just because he already has kind of mediocre velocity. When you add that mediocre velocity, I think he's going to not going to miss as many bats. So you have to be okay with this pitch-to-contact righty whose stuff has already started to back up a bit, who's entering his mid-30s. Um, Merrill Kelly did okay last year. It was a, a guy who was signed out of the KBO by Arizona. But the thing that I want to point out is Carol, Merrill Kelly had some better stuff, and he missed more bats. And I think that is a really important thing to look at when you're looking at players transitioning across uh, that big of a talent level difference. I'm going to skip over uh, Hyung Kim as I don't think he's coming over. Uh, I just don't think he's going to generate enough. But let's jump over to Shogo Akiyama. Now, Shogo Akiyama has 
been hit 20 home runs each of the last three years. He has swiped at least 15 bases over that time. His walk rate, uh, since 2014, his walk percentage, uh, I don't have 2018 or 2019 currently in front of me, but three of the last, from 2014 to 2017, three of those four years, his walk percentage was over 10%. And when I pull up his other data, he that's also the walk rate is just continued to stay strong so he's a guy who's hitting for power and he's walking at a good rate his strikeout rate is not super high which is another really positive sign for me with him the highest his strikeout percentage got was 17 percent um over the last few years it's hovered around 14 or so so he's stealing bases he's hitting uh 20 plus home runs he's hitting a lot of doubles 30 plus doubles a year and always having uh, exceptionally high bat pip, so that might be a concern, especially because this is a guy who um, is getting up there. He is a 31-year-old, uh, be 32 in April, center fielder. He's been an excellent hitter in Japan for a long time, though, and he is the type of guy I would like to roll with. Personally, of all these guys, he is the free agent I am most intrigued by from uh, over in Korea or Japan. Japan is a higher upside conference. You're facing better competition. That's where Shogo Akiyama has been, and he has been one of the best players in there for a long, long time. He does a little bit of everything. I mean, at his peak, he was a five-tool center fielder. I don't know if teams are going to want to trust him in center field, but he has still looked effective out there by the reports I've read. This is not me firsthand. But statistically, he shows me everything you want to look at in a player you're taking a risk on coming from a lesser competition league. He walks a lot. He does not strike out at a high rate. He's hitting for power. He's stealing bases. Uh, Center fielders can often age very well because they're quick twitch and uh, if they take care of themselves. This is the guy I want to roll the dice with. Um, 100%. This is a guy I hope the Indians go for in free agency. The Indians have such needs in their outfield and you've already got Mercado in center field. You could have him and left, and that would probably be a pretty good defensive outfield, let's be honest, with those two right there. he uh, he's As I mentioned, he's a left-handed bat, not ranked by fan graphs. Part of that is due to age, I'm sure. 45th by MLB trade deadline, who expect the di- their guess was the Diamondbacks, two years, six million. I'm all about that. And when I don't mean six million total, or six million a year, that's total. Uh, I mean, if he is just a solid platoon slash backup outfielder at $3 million a year, he's a steal. He will be 32, but you get him then for a 32 and age 33 year. Uh, yeah, sounds good to me. This is the type of low-cost gamble the Indians need to make. That's why, as I was going through this free agent list, like Mike Moustakas is my high end, okay? I'd rather gamble on a Shogo Akiyama than Yasiel Puig. Now, that might sound crazy, but when you think about the cost, the Puig's probably going to cost somewhere between nine to twelve million, and we've had, you know, he's got his injuries in the past, and he's—I don't think he's a knucklehead. I think he gets a bad rap there. But just in terms of like monetary, like if I have to choose between Mustakis and Akiyama and Puig, I'm going with the other two. I'm going with those two players to help the the Indians. Helps out your infield helps out your outfield so this is a guy that i really hope the indians consider everything about him screams a guy who's still got something left that he is ready to come here and perform and yeah he's got the tools and the traits to transfer well and the things that are red flags for me the things that always tend to be like this guy isn't going to transfer well don't exist with akiyama 
Shogo Akiyama. That is the guy I really want the Indians to look at. Um, I hope they do. I, I've, I have spent a lot of time over the years going through these uh, statistics and looking at players who come over from uh, Asia and Korea. I've always just been really intrigued by it. I remember a few years ago screaming for Matt Merton, and no one gave him a try. Um, Joe Hong Kang, I was really huge on, so much so I wrote a whole article about how I thought he was the steal of free agency, and it looked like that before um, off-the-field stuff got in the way. But yeah, looking through all of these guys, Akiyama is the one that I think is the best cost gamble to upside bet. Because any free agent, there is that financial concern. There is the concern also just like, are we going to get the same guy? You're paying for previous performance. So if I can get a guy at $3 million a year, I'm not really paying for previous performance. I'm just getting a low-cost roll of the dice. I mean, the Indians paid Neil Ramirez $1 million last year. Uh, Neil Ramirez and Dan Otero is virtually that entire amount. So final thoughts on all of this. The Indians can and should be active in free agency. Mike Moustakis is a perfect candidate, even though Nolan Jones is on the horizon. You want to load your team up with as many strong bats as possible, and Moustakis is one of the better bats in free agency. Shogo Akiyama is the outfielder I want them to chase. Can play three different outfield spots for you, I think, at least can play two, and has the sign of being someone you can get very cheap who could help you maybe for two to three years. Chris Martin... I mentioned in the past, another free agent. I would love the Indians to chase for a reliever. Um, the overall money combined for next year on those three players, according to, I have to use MLB trade rumors because they're the only ones who mention all three, $20 million. That is the total cost. Now, so even if the estimate through uh, sports track is wrong, the Indians don't have $30 million to play with, this would cost them $20 million to get three guys who help their team and make them instantly better. Thank you for listening. Again, hit me up at Twitter on Jeff at Twitter hit me up on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. Uh, let me know how the new mic sounds. I am curious to find out. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. And before I go to the send off, remember to go over to scout scouting baseball for my Indians top 11 prospects. Tomorrow's show will be exclusively about that list. And as always go tribe. <laughs>